Hello, friend. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast. And with all my heart, I hope you hear something that edifies, encourages, equip, enlightens, and then engages you in the marketplace of ideas. But before you go and before you listen, I want to take a quick moment and explain to you this month's truth tool. The book is called I Believe, A Concise Guide to the Essentials of the Christian Faith. You know, it's paramount as followers of Christ that we not only know what we believe, but why we believe it. So questions like heaven and hell, angels, the Trinity, all of these are foundational issues for believing Christians. But sometimes we don't fully understand what it is we believe about Christianity. So the book, I Believe, A Concise Guide to the Essentials of the Christian Faith is just that. It's concise And it's a wonderful guide to explain to you the cornerstones of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. It's yours for a gift of any amount because In the Market with Janet Parshall is a listener-supported broadcast. We stay on the air because you pray and give. So if you'd like this month's Truth Rule, just call 877-JANET-58. Ask for a copy of I Believe. That's 877-JANET-58. Or you can go online to InTheMarketWithJanetParshall.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page. There's the cover of the book. If a gift of any amount, we'll send it to you as our way of saying thank you. While you're on that website, you might want to take a moment, scroll down just a little bit farther, and there's a description of what it means to be a partial partner. These are people who give at a level of their own choosing, and they give every month. They get the truth tool if they ask for it every single month, and they'll also get a newsletter, only people that do, that includes an audio portion that only goes to my partial partners. So if you want to be a partial partner or you're just interested in giving one time to get a copy of I Believe, 877-JANET-58 is the route to go, 877-JANET-58, or online at inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. I Believe, a great book for you to put in your backpack as you continue your Pilgrim's Progress. Now, Please enjoy the podcast. Here are some of the news headlines we're watching. By the time the conference was over, the president won a pledge. So Americans worshiping government over God. An extremely rare safety move by a nation. 17 years the Palestinians and Israelis negotiated. Friends, welcome to In the Market with Janet Parshall. Okay, it's one of the big topics out there in the culture. It is, as I've often said, the tip of the spear, and that's this idea of our sexual identity, whether it's lesbian, homosexual, bi, trans, whatever. Who would have thought, growing up in the church, as many of us did, that somehow that would be the challenge, both in and outside of the church? How do we speak truth in love? There's a public policy aspect, but there's very much a personal aspect to this. What if you have a loved one who's same-sex attracted? What do you do? Do you affirm? Do you acknowledge? Do you just love them back to the position that God wants them in? We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Scripture speaks with absolute clarity. In fact, if I'm like you and you're like me, I've gone back and reread those passages again. There is zero ambiguity where God stands on this. And we can't be like the church at Laodicea where we somehow straddle two worlds and just think that as long as there's unity and there's love, everything is hunky-dory. Well, that belies the holiness of God, does it not? And in the end, there's going to be a judgment for those who said yes and those who said no, and he will hold accountable those of us who've turned our back on his good word and that precious will for our lives. But then you have the reality of this person that sits at your Thanksgiving table and you don't know how you should minister and you get discouraged and you feel rejected and you don't know who to talk to and you don't know how to bring this to your church family. And that's why I'm glad that God raises up wonderful people who can say, been there, done that. Let me tell you what I've learned as he's ministered in and through me. And one such person 
is Denise Schick. She is the founder and executive director of Help for Families Ministry, as well as the executive director of Living Stones Ministry. She's the author of four children's books and several nonfiction books, including My Daddy's Secret, Understanding Gender Confusion, a Faith-Based Perspective, and Transgender Confusion, a Biblical Q&A for Families. She's an ordained minister, has a, P, has a bachelor's degree in psychology, and she does a marvelous job of teaching the church how to handle this situation coming from the perspective of the wounded comforter. So in her latest round of writing, she's written a wonderful devotional for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones. It's called Moving Forward in Hope. And then she actually has a Bible study companion called Moving Forward in Community that parallels the book as well. So I have both of these books in front of me. They're fabulous, tender, compassionate, biblical resources. So I want this to be an hour of encouragement for those of you for whom this isn't a headline. This is a reality around the kitchen table. And Denise, aside from the warmest of welcomes that I want to offer you, I was thinking in anticipation of our conversation today, and I have loved visiting with you time and time again, that who would have thought when you were going through the experience with your dad that God would be preparing you for this kind of a ministry? Do you ever look back and say, God, I might not know all the reasons, but certainly the experience I had with my father is part of the way in which you prepared me for the work you've called me to today. Yes, it is. Uh, I I did not anticipate at all what the Lord would be having me do, but it's because of that journey from being a child, uh, you know, a teenager, a young adult, growing up and understanding my father was hurting, our family was hurting, uh, and yet there was nobody for us to talk with at the time that we were going through this. So understanding what it's like to feel isolated and alone in this kind of a journey. Perhaps that's why, and it, it, based on what you just said, I think it's a self-evident truth. But is this why you're producing these kinds of materials? Because for so many of these families, the minute that issue shows up within their family circle, there's a profound sense of shame, guilt, loneliness, isolation, who am I going to tell at the church? Am I going to be judged? Am I going to be told, well, it's because of you that this person now has a struggle? So you tend, pain tends to make us pull in, does it not? And is it because there were no resources when you were traveling this road that you're now creating these kinds of resources? Exactly, exactly. I, I know what that's like, and I know that there's, there's thousands, there's got to be thousands of, of other families that are going through this. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from callers uh, that they have visited the website, um, but it had taken them two or three years to actually reach out because mm. then they said it was reality once they made that call. And it's awful to, to be alone. We don't Honestly, when we're alone, Janet, we're not getting the godly support that we need. We're not moving towards our own healing. Exactly right. Exactly right. Wow. Um, for By the way, for people who don't know your story, you can read the book, My Daddy's Secret. That's where you tell this story and you talk about the damage that was done. Can I just ask, because you were going through this as an individual in your family, did you have any idea that this would become such a monstrously large issue for the culture and the church? Never. I never could have anticipated the age that we're living in uh, to see children uh, being programmed, <laughs> more or less, you know, to, to question their gender at such an early age, to see the way society has accepted this as normal. Nobody pays attention to the biological facts, to the science, mm. um, but rather, you know, what 
an organization or somebody has told them, um, I never could have anticipated uh, even the fact of having parents that actually desire their children to transition Mm. uh, and to help them in that. It really seems insane or that we are living in a mad world. Yes, absolutely. So let me ask you, because we've had the privilege of talking and hearing people who have transitioned and then detransitioned, so they've gone back to the way God designed them. But not often the children who can say, listen, let me tell you what it did to our family. So your dad identified as the opposite sex. And when you see schools now that are promoting this kind of stuff, pre-K, when they have drag shows in libraries, as a daughter who grew up in this kind of painful environment, if you were given an audience to talk to these schools before they put the books on the shelf and brought in the drag queens, what would you tell them? I, the first thing that I'd probably do is ask them, what in the world are you doing? Hmm. In the environment in my home, uh, knowing that my dad was confused and that he thought that he was a woman, uh, taking that confusion to myself, you know, where I thought, am I supposed to be a girl? If I went to the counselors today, the school would more than likely say, you are a boy in a girl's body. Wow. So there was an impact, a concentric circle of impact, and you then questioning your identity as well. Wow. So this isn't an isolated hurt. This is a hurt that has these concentric circles of pain and impact. We're going to continue our conversation with Denise Schick. She is a wonderful writer. She's a tender speaker. If you ever get a chance to hear her speak at a conference, do so. She's the founder and executive director of Help for Families Ministry. That's the number four. Back after this. Heaven, hell, angels, the Trinity, all of these are foundational issues for believing Christians. But do you understand what you believe? That's why I've chosen I Believe, a concise guide to the essentials of the Christian faith as this month's truth tool. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Ask for your copy of I Believe when you give a gift of any amount to In the Market. Call 877-JANET-58, that's 877-JANET-58, or go to inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. We're visiting with Denise Schick. She's the founder and executive director of Help for Families Ministry. She's a wonderful author and speaker as well. And she's got two new resources out that are, I think, nothing but an overflowing cup of encouragement for people who struggle. This is for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones. The devotional is called Moving Forward in Hope. And then she has a Bible study companion that goes along called Moving Forward in Community. So, Denise, talk to me first about the devotional. To your target audience, obviously, is for people for whom this is, as I said earlier, not a headline. This is the reality around their kitchen table. Tell me how the devotional, how you set up the devotional and how it's to be used in someone's life. Yeah, set up the devotional, you know, with having the scripture. Uh, scripture there at first as people enter into uh, any particular devotional, and a personal story, real stories that people have shared of situations, experiences that they have had themselves because of having a loved one that identifies as gay or transgender. And afterwards, you know, there's a Today's Choice that uh, talks about the, the prayer or, you know, the, the devotional itself, and also leaves a place for folks to write down their reflections of this. Um, there are so many different stories in there. I was actually uh, really amazed once I started to write mm. um, of the stories that have been told to me. And these are there's countless stories. I mean, this is a 90-day devotional. 
and I cannot imagine, you know, the other situations that aren't in this book that I have not heard of. Um, but it's meant to encourage people because, again, if they're isolated, if they don't have anybody or the shame that's keeping them away from others, it allows them the opportunity to read other people that really do have a heart for their loved one and are faithful to God, but they need ministered to. And that was my hope, devotional, that it would minister to them, that their faith would grow in and through the stories and the reflection time. Wow. Exactly the opposite anticipated outcome for so many people, that when this reality shows up, they think that they're going to be isolated now. And you're actually saying exactly the opposite, that there's potential here for your faith to actually grow through this experience. If I may, before I start boring down deeply into the devotional, walk me through the concept behind the Bible study companion, moving forward in community, and why do you call the one hope in the other community? Well, moving forward in hope is, as our hope grows, our hope in the Lord and hope in our situations, uh, to me it is a reminder as well that we are continuing to live life without losing the hope that God is here in our prayers, that God will answer our prayers. Mm. We are walking out faithfully while we are clinging to the scriptures. Uh, moving forward in community, uh, the workbook that was developed from the devotional, what I love and is so unique about this workbook are the many different families that uh, people can see the video of them through a QR code or through going right to a link, particularly different families that are sharing their struggles, what they have had happen to them, but to bring a community of people. So for somebody, again, that feels like they are alone, they're isolated, nobody understands, it's, go to this workbook and you will hear the stories of these are just folks that I know that are good and godly and strong. And, and I say that because there's so many Christians out there. There's so many more, even somebody in particular that might be at your church that you're not even aware of wow. that can wow. be part of your community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who have the same challenges in their life, but they have self-isolated as well. Wow. You know, let me underscore something you said before, because I want to make sure my friends grasp that this is a 90 day devotional. Now, I get a lot of books to review, and devotionals tend to come as a 30-day, a one-month devotional. Denise, I, I don't know if I've ever gotten a 90-day devotional, and I say that only because it underscores how impactful this particular issue is. And so if you start looking at the numbers, 5.6% of Americans identify as LGBTQ+. For Gen Z, that's 18 to 23. The numbers are an astonishing 17%. So if this hasn't intersected your family, don't be surprised if it does, because this is a growing issue in the culture. It is as much of a personal struggle for identity as it is a social contagion. We're certainly seeing that in transgenderism. You can't have a 400% uptick in the people who now decide to call themselves transgendered without there being some social influencer out there uh, that's having an impact as well. So when you go through this devotional, I love the way that you do a verse and then you ask us to do reflection at the end. And then there's a place for us to take notes. So let me start where you started, because herein lies the rub for so many people. We have this directive from the Word of God in Ephesians that talks about speaking the truth in love. And that sounds wonderful and it's lofty and we cling to it and it resonates with truth and meaning and purpose. 
And then there's the shoe leather, where we have to put it into practice. And when it comes to this issue of same-sex attraction and sexual identity, all of a sudden, we lose control of the wheel of the ship. We don't understand what truth in love does. We think it's truth or love. And then we're just going to simply love somebody back to God's position of obedience and faithfulness in the word. Does that happen or must it be a mix? And you've been asked this, I'm sure, a thousand times, Denise, and you had to answer it in your own life and in your own heart as well. How do you put this balance in place in this particular issue? You know, the first thing that I uh, love for people to to hear and to know is that no matter what the world or somebody tells them that you have to, well, you just have to love your loved one. To me, that is the most foolish thing to say to anybody because we never stopped loving our loved ones. Mm. That isn't even, doesn't even come into the equation of it. We do love them. We don't stop just because of how they're identifying. But when we look at affirming or celebrating uh, what somebody is doing that goes against our moral convictions, you know, that's, that's different. That's just saying that I'm not going to participate in this way. Um, if we're talking about pronoun hospitality, uh, you know, the different things there. Affirming and love are different. Uh, affirmation is where they are looking for you to agree with their lifestyle. Hmm. Let me pick up on that when we come back, because I think that's such an important point, Denise. Denise Schick is the founder and executive director of Help for Families Ministry. She is the author of multiple books, both for kids and nonfiction books. Her latest is both a devotional and a companion Bible study. Moving Forward in Hope is the devotional. Moving Forward in Community is the Bible study. More with Denise right after this. so grateful to have Denise Schick back on the program again. She's the founder and executive director of Hope for Families Ministry. Now, I have a link to her website on my information page, but if you're thinking this through, it's the, it's the word help, the number four, and then the word family. So I want to make sure you've got that right so you can get where you need to go. She's also the executive director of Living Stones Ministry. She's the author of multiple books, and she's led support groups and workshops for people with sexual addiction. So her newest uh, resources available for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones is Moving Forward in Hope, which is a 90-day devotional and Moving Forward in Community, uh, which is a wonderful way for you to do some in-depth Bible study on this topic as well. Great resources. Uh, the more and more we can provide support and love for those families who struggle in this area, the more we're acting like the church, capital C. I gave some stats before, Denise, and I talked about the uptick of the numbers of people who identify uh, as being same-sex attracted. I just, it was interesting, I pulled some stats last week about the numbers of states that uh, have now seen an uptick in uh, requests for gender-affirming surgery, and they're in triple, not double, triple digits. I mean, if this were any other phenomena in healthcare in this country, we'd say we have a major epidemic on our hands. But I want to ask you just the work that God has called you to. Because there is an uptick, and we're looking at Gen Z, again, 18 to 23 years old, I said it was a social contagion. I say that it's a, it's a spiritual issue because it's a heart cry for identity. But why do you think we're now currently seeing an uptick in these numbers? Well, there are signs of the generational shift, uh, like you were talking about with the young people, uh, who actually have grown up 
in the time where same-sex marriage has been legalized, marked by a remarkable increase of individuals identifying as LGBT uh, more recent years. Uh, you know, it's no longer considered unusual or not the thing to do if somebody is invited to a gay marriage. This is something that Christians even battle with, um, not knowing what to do in those situations. The realistic view is that there is an increasing number of adults uh, self-identifying underscores changing social traditional way of relationships, sex, and identity. Our environment is very different than those of us that are considered older adults. Basically, everyone is free to do whatever they desire. Uh, And that also means being our own creator of -hmm. our body when we Mm -hmm. are manipulating it into something that God did not intend it to be. That's such a wise response. So let me go back, because you talk about Christians struggling. Break down, as you were just starting to do before we had to take a break, the idea of the difference and distinction between affirmation and love. There are a lot of people that think if we just love them, we remove ourselves from the category of being judgmental, which is the PR uh, that Christians convey on this issue anyway. And I, I, I think it's because, again, the idea is if you don't completely affirm, not acknowledge, not accept, we're beyond that now. It is an absolute affirmation and acceptance of this lifestyle And if not, then the retort is, you're not loving. So we've thought in far too many cases that the retort should then be, well, we'll just love you. And then we're negating the idea that somehow we're being judgmental. When, you know, Craig and I, my husband and I are going through the book of Romans right now. And that first chapter of Romans, uh, there's no ambiguity of what Paul is writing about there. So Mm -hmm. if God is unambiguous in this position, where is this idea that we simply love people out of their sin? Again, I'm going back to this question because you start your devotional with Reflect Jesus. You give this marvelous verse from Colossians, a book that's fabulous. Clothe, Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So all of that, it's not an either or, it is a both and, but the both and becomes a struggle for us. Talk to me about this. Yeah, I I think, you know, the the idea that, well, I'm just going to love them, I'm just going to love them, really uh, helps us to, helps an individual or hinders an individual from denying the reality and and also uh, allows escape from not countering the issue on a biblical Mm. way of affirming. When my dad identified as Becky, I didn't call him Becky. I never referred to him in the pronouns. Now, there are those that say, well, that, you know, you're pretty hateful. I've I've had people actually tell me that, Mm. um, that I was very hateful, that I was very hurtful, and that's why I reacted like that. That's not at all. My heart's desire was for my dad to remember the truth, the truth of who he was, the truth of who God had created him to be. And I certainly didn't want to be responsible for somebody hindering the truth, withholding the truth about um, his struggle or sin. The loving response that we have as Christians is to speak the truth. Now, that's not the easiest way out. It's a lot easier if we would affirm, Mm -hmm. um, because then we're not going to have the arguments, we're not going to have the doors slamming, and our children aren't going to disengage from us. It takes courage to speak the truth. But if we ask the Lord for grace and for wisdom, He will give it to us. Hmm. You know, it's interesting because you write about this as one of the devotionals in 
uh, your devotional, Moving Forward in Hope, and you talk about facing the truth with courage, and you go to the book of Psalms, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Facing the truth underscores what you just said before. It's a lot easier to say, well, I'll just love you. Um, I'll affirm you. I'll I'll uh, um, accept your invitation to the same-sex wedding because that will show my love for you. Well, when we do that, then have we not denied the truth of what God's Word has said? You hear the music playing, and I want to give you enough time to answer this because in the work that you do as the founder and director of Help for Families Ministry and also uh, the work that you do as executive director of Living Stones Ministry, you get asked this again and again and again. So I want to dig down because this is what the family has to struggle with as well. Do we just say, we love our gay son, but does the subject end there? Or do you say, but God has something more planned? We're going to dig in more with Denise Schick right after this. There are dozens of talk shows that address politics, culture, and technology, but In the Market is committed to bringing biblical truth to every facet of life. When you financially support In the Market as a partial partner, you're helping people to better understand how their faith intersects with their daily lives. Become a partial partner today and receive exclusive benefits prepared just for you. Call 877-JANET-58 or go online to inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. We're visiting with Denise Schick, who's the founder and executive director of Hope for Families Ministry. She's also executive director of Living Stones Ministry. She's the author of multiple books, including the story of her growing up in a household where her father decided that he was a woman and went by the name of Becky. It's a powerful story. But God has used that experience in her life now to create resources and to work with people Uh, and leading support groups when they deal with issues of sexual identity and sexual addiction. Helpforfamilies.com is her website, and it's the number four rather than the word for. Her her two newest resources are Moving Forward in Hope, which is a devotional, and Moving Forward in Community, which is a Bible study. Both of them are on my website so that you can learn more. So we took a break just at this idea, and, and I'm going back to it because this seems to the crux of the situation, which is we don't know how to apply the directive of truth in love, that if we can just love someone out of their sin, whatever it is, and the Bible calls the same-sex interaction sin. Just read Romans again in multiple places where you can read this in Scripture. And so what do we do when it comes to the application of truth in love, not truth or love? And you just said something important, which is it takes a whole lot more courage to deal with the truth part of this. You've been asked this a thousand times. How do you counsel people? What if it's your son? You obviously are never going to stop loving your son. You said that before, that you didn't stop loving your dad. You loved him enough, by the way, to never call him Becky because that wasn't the truth. You wanted to remind him of his God-given identity. But how do you talk to people who struggle and say, but if I give my son or my daughter the truth, I'm going to lose them? Or uh, the advocates for same-sex attraction say, well, you'll end up, and they use this in transgenderism all the time. You hear this, would you rather have a dead daughter or a live son? So how do you respond? Uh, I think it's important that uh, if this was something that happened uh, to my son, let's say, that I would be compassionate and listening 
uh, asking them questions, uh, you know, such as when did you start feeling this way, but always ending the conversation with the truth of God's word mm. uh, that would bring that does offer healing if they will accept it. I think, uh, you know, the the one thing I'm always careful about, Janet, is the tone of my heart. Mm -hmm. And my words are going to express the tone of my heart. So being humble, uh, loving, compassionate, understanding that the individual is hurting, the family is hurting, you know, and Try and ask me, you know, let me know more about what concerns you. God loves your child more than you do, more than I love my own children. And that's pretty darn hard to comprehend when as parents we would lay down our lives for our children. So if we take a look at that concept and we realize that by trusting God, trusting our child in God's care, for him to reach them, that is the best thing that we can do for them. Mm. The idea of surrender. I loved what you said about acknowledging that as much as we love our children, he loves them far more than we ever could or will, and surrendering to him. Is that the antidote for the guilt and fear that so many parents feel? Yeah, you know, sometimes it is. Uh, there's a false guilt that many times when one of our children are in any type of situation where they're stressing the relationship, we can think, I should have, I could have, you know, why didn't I do this or do that? But realistically, as parents, we also have to realize that we did the best job that we could. We're not perfect, but we had done the best job we could. Now, if there's something that we have wronged uh, a child, uh, then we go and we ask for forgiveness, but we let go of it. God doesn't even hold on to it. I think the the perspective of people would realize this journey isn't just about your loved one. If Mm. we focus totally on our loved one, it is going to consume us and will take everything from us. It will take the joy. It will take the life that God intended for you. What God wants to do is for you to focus on you and your relationship with him, to turn this into a journey of faith. I realize nobody wants this journey. I didn't want it, and there's a million people out there that feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But when I look at my faith, the level of faith that I have, I not only believe God, believe that there is a God, but I believe in Him. I believe in the power of God. I know the healing that He had given me. I know how hard my heart was towards my dad because I was hurting so badly. So to know that there's a miraculous working God out there that also wants to bring healing to every person out there that's going through this with a family member, again, don't just focus on your loved one, but look inward and ask the Lord, what do you want to show me? What Mm. do you want to teach me about my walk with you? Let me pick up on a word that you used. What does healing look like? Does healing mean that your son or your daughter is no longer involved in this lifestyle, or does it mean something else? It mean, it, it doesn't, you know, necessarily mean that. The healing, when, I, when the Lord had given me a healing of my heart, my dad was still in this life. It was the fact that he ministered to my heartaches, um, the shatteredness of my life, the different ways that his actions, his behavior had impacted my life, where God had come in and given me a healing where there was a peace, 
It doesn't mean the scars aren't there, Mm -hmm. you know, but there is a piece. It isn't something uh, that I am living in and through that pain. So it is God himself that comes in to give us that healing, that level of healing. He wants us to know him as our comforter, as our father. So you've radically redefined the idea of healing because it doesn't mean, I mean, God is capable of, of redirecting affections. Uh, that happens. And there are wonderful, wonderful stories of people who can say, and such were some of us. But what you're really saying is this is about seeing things as God sees them. God's at work asking if you can join him where he is working. And in the process, he puts your broken pieces back together again. Speaking of the broken pieces, Denise, do you hear from parents on a regular basis that think, boy, this has to be a direct result of my parenting. I really messed up. And if you hear that question, how do you counsel? I ask them, how did you mess up? Where did Mm -hmm. you mess up? And if those are areas, again, where they can go to that uh, child, no matter what age, and to ask for forgiveness and how can we work on this together to repair that relationship, sometimes we do mess up. Hmm. And then just ask for forgiveness and recognize where we did mess up. It seems to me good communication, if those doors are still open between you and the loved one who's struggling in this area, is paramount. Yes, and, and you're right. If the if the door is opened for the relationship, because sometimes the door is closed. There's many parents that love their child uh, and would love to have this conversation with them, but it's not opened. And if that's right. the case, then for them to be praying for the Lord to open up the door and to be praying for God's healing in their life, for the scales to come off of their eyes of what they are believing about themselves. Mm. So you've just given us several enumerated points of prayer in this particular situation. If the door is closed and you you just started to give the answer, let me dig a little bit deeper here because I know there are people listening for whom this is their situation. They desperately want to be able to talk, to listen, to ask those questions. And there's a total rejection because the loved one knows where they stand biblically. And this is the courage part because sometimes speaking the truth, even if it's done in the most loving of fashion, will still cause someone who's in rebellion to slam the door and lock it from the inside, not the outside. So you talked about praying. So you just wait on the Lord. How have some of the parents or the loved ones who've had one in their life that's been struggling in this area, how do they maintain the marathon aspect of this? Sometimes the door will open quickly, but sometimes it's years and there's no communication. How do you encourage those kinds of people? Those type of uh, parents that we have communication with have found, here's here's the word, community. They have Mm. found that their community that they rely on helps to give them strength. You know, when they become weary, uh, that they are there to lift them up. Uh, They have scriptures that also, no doubt, God's word, minister to their heart in that time of weariness. You're right. You know, there's there's countless people out there that have been going through having a, a loved one gay or transgender for many years. And doubt can come in. I, I think this is an area where Satan really tries to, to come at us with doubt, um, disbelief of God hearing us, caring about our situation. So when those different thoughts come in or those struggles of feelings, if we look to the Word of God, we're always going to get clarity on what the truth is. Mm. Oh, Denise, you've said so much that we have to think about. You've talked about the tone. You've talked about the fact that it's not an either-or proposition when it comes to truth and love, but that most 
they they have to be delivered equal handed. And I loved what you said about your dad that you never called him by a female name because a that was a lie and b you did it out of your love for him because you wanted to remind him what his identity was. If we have a child that tells us, I want you to use these pronouns, do you use the same counsel that would you ever tell someone, go ahead, you're going to show your child love if you use for your daughter, he and him as the pronouns. What do you say to those parents? Yeah, you know, we teach our children not to lie. We teach our children not to deceive others. And so that might be an area where the parent can say, these are the morals, you know, that we have raised you with, the expectations. And with my personal convictions, I feel as if I am going to be lying to you, that I am going to be representing a falsehood um, of the truth of who you are. Courage, absolute courage, but unashamed courage because you're rooted in the truth and the love of God's word. Denise Schick has offered two new resources for families who are hurting in this area. One is called Moving Forward in Hope, a 90-day devotional for families of LGBTQ plus loved ones. And then a Bible study called Moving Forward in Community. I've got them both on my website for you to learn more. Back after this. I really want to thank Denise Schick for the resources that she's created for families of LGBTQ loved ones, because so often there's guilt, shame, pain, isolation, and you're really trying to figure out what does God want me to do in this situation. So she's created a 90-day devotional called Moving Forward in Hope, and then she's created a Bible study called Moving Forward in Community. You know, what's interesting about this conversation, Denise, is that this really isn't about changing our loved one. It seems to me this is more about changing the person. Talk to me about that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I know that for myself, I'm not the same person. I I don't even know who I would be if I continued uh, to live in the anger, uh, the hurt, and the pain, uh, let alone not looking at my dad as somebody that God created fully with his love and his care and that he also had a special plan for my dad. Um, you know, chances are, Janet, if I had the same heart that I had many years ago, I might be one of those that would be more hateful towards mm-hmm. those with LGBT issues. I certainly wouldn't understand. I wouldn't have the compassion to try to reach them with God's love and his truth. So he changes us. He changes the family member's heart as they go through this journey. And that doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't. But it is about our faith being at the level where we also see the impossible as possible as we rest in him. Denise, the person that you were when you were struggling with the issue with your dad, you're you're not today. You've just given testimony to that fact. How did that change take place in your life? It happened through, it really occurred through talking with God daily, crying out to God numerous times, searching his heart and finding it in the scriptures in my Bible. My uh, husband now, but he was my boyfriend at 15, had given me my first Bible. Mm. And I devoured that Bible. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get enough of it. And little by little through the years, as, it, as the words continued, as God's words continued to minister to me, it was changing my own heart. 
and there is a peace that I can't explain besides saying that it was God's peace that was with me in and through each trying uh, situation that our family faced. Um, you know, even walking his last six months out with him when he had cancer uh, to to see the healing that God gave. My prayer for my family was always, Lord, give us healing. Heal my family. Now, I didn't know what that looked like, Janet, but I know before my dad passed away, my entire family, I'm the oldest of five, everybody came alongside of my dad except for my one brother who's a recovered alcoholic, and and that was for emotional reasons for him. Mm -hmm. My mother came alongside of him. He had our love. He had us right there by his side, and there was a healing in his heart that I had seen, I don't know at what level, but my dad never cried. He was a man that was as mean as steel. Uh, and he sat there in the chair one day and tears come flooding down his face. And I thought, I have never in my life seen him become emotional like this. There was a, a healing for us. I, I myself, I didn't even understand or maybe realize what was happening in those months of going to visit him in the hospital until um, the last day, a few hours before he passed away, as I was sitting there, and I went to say goodbye when my sister had come. He was in a coma, Mm -hmm. and I bent over, and I kissed his forehead, and it was then, Janet, it was then when I lifted my head up, and I thought, this is what God's amazing grace is all about. Mm. There was such peace. Forgiveness was... It was done. It was over with. Every every struggle, every heartache of, you know, living with a father that uh, wore my clothes, that provided an insecure place to grow up, and some of the things that occurred as anger and resentment towards me as, as a girl, all of that was gone. And the Lord himself is the one that gave me that healing. There's no other way. You're also challenging us to redefine what we think is healing. I I, I would say that we should be prepared to be surprised if we pray for healing and what that will look like. Am I right or wrong? Yes. Yes, you are right. You are right. Healing is not just a scab that we're waiting for the scab to come off, Mm -hmm. you know, and the healing's there. Healing at different levels as well as for those that struggle with same-sex attraction or gender identity issues, as you and I know. Mm -hmm. There's different levels. But God gives us what we need to fight our battles, but we have to go to Him. We need to seek Him. One of your devotionals in this excellent resource package that you've put together, Moving Forward in Hope, is about pressing on, and you talk about Zach whose brother was now identifying as a woman instead. And you start with a wonderful verse from Philippians. Uh, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Maybe this is a good place for us to end our conversation, which is this idea of pressing on. God will work at his own timetable. A word of encouragement to people who are going to say, God, I'm sure your watch is slow. It's running behind time. I want this healing. I want this restoration. I want this chapter of my trial to be passed, and it doesn't seem to have happened yet. Zach had to wait. Teach us how to wait. 
Mm, yes, and, and and to to wait to wait on the Lord, as you had said earlier in this conversation, wait upon the Lord. He is close by. He is our refuge, our strong tower to run to. Wow. Denise, if people have been with us for the entire hour, what they've discovered is that really and truly through these resources, Moving Forward in Hope, which is the devotional, Moving Forward in Community, which is the Bible study, the surprising outcome of this is you think it's about changing the person who has either an identity issue that manifests itself in a question of transgenderism or same-sex attraction, which at its core is still yet an identity issue. What you're saying is don't worry about changing them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the mighty power of the Lord working in their life. What you need to do is to make sure you, the family member, the one who has the loved one who's struggling in this area, you need to allow yourself to be changed and God will do that. That's why hope and community are all part of the change and why they're significant titles in your new resources. Denise, I thank you so much. Let me lead friends again to your website. It's help for families, but friends, it's the number four, not the word for help for families. And I've got it on my website as well. So check it out, helpforfamilies.org. And may you have been encouraged. Very problematic conversation in the culture, but God is our hope and our refuge. See you next time.